Hey, it is, it's good to be here. Are you glad you're here? Yeah. Amen. Uh, if you're joining us online, so thankful that you guys are with us here, part of this family too, and just glad that, glad to have you guys with us as we just enjoy the presence of the Lord and as we uh, just just jump into His presence and His and His and His Word together as well. Um, we are kicking off a new series called uh, "The Wonder of Christmas," and. Um, I, I think it's perfect because that's what we've just been experiencing is the wonder of who God is, right? The wonder, just something that kind of stops us in our tracks, as Pastor Janelle said, and, and just makes us stop and reflect. Uh, what's going on? This is, this is out of my box. This is extraordinary. This is different. What's going on? Uh, who is this? What is this? And that's what wonder does, and, and uh, we want to talk about that. We, you know, we celebrate this month uh, the coming of Jesus as a baby uh, to save us, to give us eternal life, to make it possible for us to be with him in heaven, um, to save us from eternal burning in hell. Can I get a witness? That's a good thing, right? Okay. Uh, but also, we know that God didn't just send Jesus to like save us from, from uh, punishment and to, and to have us make it into heaven. But we believe that the gospel is that he came to restore that which the enemy had stolen, right? And I believe one of those things is the sense of wonder, that God created us to live with in our heart. Jesus came to restore that. He came to give it back, to buy it back so that you and I could have it. And you know, it's funny because even as we look around in culture, by the way, if you could start the timer. As we look around in culture, even culture gets the idea of a sense of wonder this time of year, right? Uh, you know, I wonder as I wonder. Unless you're Pastor Rob. Where's Pastor Rob? Did he step out? Okay, he, Pastor Rob pronounces wonder the same as he pronounces wonder. So for him, it's I wonder as I wonder. You know what I'm saying? And maybe he's thinking driving around Park Meadows parking lot or, you know, I, I truly am wondering. <laughs> but here's the thing. We have I wonder. We have uh, uh, it's the most wonderful time. Anybody heard that song lately? Of the year. Okay. Um, Johnny Mathis, one of my favorites. But I mean, right? It's the most wonderful time of the year. Um, what about uh, Star of Wonder? You know, Star of Light. I don't really think anybody plays that song anymore. But anyway, it's in there. It's on the hymnal. Trust me. Uh, but right, even our culture gets the idea of how important a sense of wonder is to Christmas. And I believe it's just important to what God wants us to live every day of the year. And so we want to talk about that. Um, it's just as important. Uh, well, I'll tell you this. Um, I think one of the people that, that really has captured a sense of wonder and one of the people that truly lives daily in a sense of wonder um, he's not physically here with us, um, but I was able to capture him on screen. Uh, could you pull up that first little video clip uh, for us? See if this looks like one.
Well, that's probably an example, right? I think somebody we would all agree, okay, maybe, you know, Buddy the Elf is capturing a little bit of that sense of wonder. <laughs> and and it, it's funny because Pastor Dan and, and the TG were talking about how out of place that looks, right, in, in our world. It looks so silly and so foolish and so kind of weird and wrong for somebody to have a sense of wonder at something like the Rockefeller Center Christmas tree or, or just at, at, at something this time of year. But I believe that God is saying, hey, I want to restore uh, something to you. Here's the thing. Wonder is not just recognized by our culture. It's in the Word of God, and it's in the Christmas story. A couple of examples um, that, that in Scripture use the word wonder are found, uh, one in, well, they're both in Luke chapter 2, one in verse 18, where the shepherds had come, had come to the manger, had worshipped Jesus, had met Mary and Joseph, and here they were after hundreds of years of silence, right? God hadn't spoken to his people for 400 years through a prophet. And beyond that, right, the story was kind of ups and downs and getting conquered by Romans and by other armies and all this kind of stuff. And they were in a desperate place. And all of a sudden, they experience the birth of the Messiah, the birth of the Son of God. And it says that the shepherds ran out of there and spread the word. They were the first carriers of the good news, they were the first ones that I'm sure they were super, super excited about it. And in Spain, we have this little living nativity scene up in the mountains. And they had, it was in Catalan, because, you know, Barcelona, they don't speak Spanish. They speak Catalan. Anyway, and they had these living, like, you know, real shepherds. And they were like, The Son of God has been born. And then it would echo to the next side. And it went, it echoed throughout the mountains. It probably was something like that, where they were so excited. And it says that everybody who heard the message wondered or marveled at the message of the shepherds. What about this? A few minutes, or a few, uh, well, a few minutes, well, depending on how fast you're reading, but maybe a few verses later, uh, Luke chapter 2, verse 33, it speaks of the fact that Mary and Joseph had taken baby Jesus to the temple, and in the temple was an old man named Simeon, and he'd been waiting for the promise of God. He'd been praying and crying out for God's promise to be fulfilled in his lifetime, that he would not die until he had physically seen with his eyes the child of the promise. And so all of a sudden, they came and, and they saw him and he saw them and he declared a word, a prophetic word over baby Jesus. And it says that Mary and Joseph marveled or wondered at the words that were spoken prophetically by Simeon. So we see that wonder is an integral part of the Christmas story. And I believe that God wants it to be in our lives. And so I want to talk about that just for a few minutes. Uh, and, and the first thing, I think just to kind of look back for a second and, and have some context, I believe God wants us to understand we were created to have a sense of wonder. We were created. Do you know that? We were, it's hard to even imagine, I guess, you know, in our broken world. We were created to just live in, in, in draw-dropping awe. Think about the, the cosmos. Think about the universe God created. We were recently at Epcot Center, and they have a little um, aquarium there. And we were looking at the aquarium, and there's like sharks and different things. And just looking at some of the shapes on the sharks, you know, you see, you see the ones that have like the hammerhead or whatever. I mean, why, right? Like, do they go up to, do, 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 let me help you build that, you know, sub, submarine house, you know. I don't know why. But there, there's just the shape of the fish, the colors, the creativity, Right? The sunrises and sunsets that we have here in Colorado. What about um, food? Hello. I just had a long, how, longhorn steak, ribeye steak, like two nights ago. Filled me with wonder. It, you know, I, right? I mean, there's certain like, things that we taste, that we experience, that we smell. Ooh, the smell of pine trees dropping into Estes Park as you're coming out of that. I literally pulled over my car one time just to be like, I just have to like, 
Just take this in because it's just such a heavenly smell. God created the universe for us to be blown away, guys. Think about this. God wanted you to be blown away. Is that crazy humbling that he wanted you to think that he's pretty cool? I mean, you've probably done something as a mom or a dad. Hopefully, to maybe if you have kids, to, you know, that your kids might be, oh my gosh, I can't believe, dad, you can lift that or you did that or whatever. God, the, the God of the universe created this as a backdrop for us to walk outside and be like, wow. He put stars and breathed them and blasted them so far in, into, the, into the existence that, that scientists are still trying to, to, to find the remotest areas. They still can't get to the end of it. Can you imagine? I mean, he could have put just like a, a tarp with like holes in it, pinholes in it, you know, about like a thousand miles out, you know, and they were like, wow, that's beautiful. But then like, you know, we would have been like, wait, you know, it's a tarp. He didn't do that. He literally created stuff that that'll just continually boggle our minds for thousands of years. And continually are discovering new things. We're discovering, you know, Wi-Fi and technology and whatever. We're like, oh my goodness, I can't believe, oh wow, Oculus. Wow, I can't believe I can play ping pong with somebody 3,000 miles away, you know. I mean, we're just continually, hopefully, in wonder of what God has put in our, in our universe. God wanted that to be the backdrop of relationship with you. He wanted us to live in wonder. Um, has there been a time when you, is there something real quick, and, and if Pastor Rob has the microphone, is there something real quick that brings you wonder? Is there something that makes you, if you were an atheist, it would make you a believer? You know what I'm saying? I've already talked about Sybil's cooking. I'm not going to use that example again. She'll turn an atheist into a, a worshiper real quick if they taste some of her Seiko, you know, Peruvian food. But I'm just saying, is there anything just that you experience that you're like, I, I feel the wonder of God when, when I taste or smell or touch or see or listen or anybody? You can just yell it out too. It doesn't have to be a long answer. Yeah, Debbie. Babies. When you hold a baby... Oh my gosh, they just had a new, can I share the, can I, can I break the, they have a new great-grandbaby daughter, and she'll show you pictures on her phone later, beautiful, beautiful girl, jazzy up here with Jordan, <laughs> absolutely, the wonder of a baby. Somebody else, Grand Canyon, wow, so powerful, right, just breathtaking what God created. Somebody else, how do you experience the wonder of God? The ocean. What do you love about it? The sound, the, the, just the, the vastness of it. Mm, the smell of, man, we go to Newport Beach, and before we even see the ocean, we kind of start like smelling, you know, the salt life. Mm, hallelujah. Shoes come off. Flip-flops come on. Amen. Anybody else? One more? The stars. Wow. Where, do you have a favorite place that you can see them from? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Just wherever, yeah, even out on the porch and just when it's a clear Colorado air night. So beautiful. God loves that. God loves the fact that you're experiencing his wonder through those things. That's why he put them there. He made them with you in mind. He made them with you in mind. So you could be like, wow, that's pretty cool. And have that be part of, of, of the beginning of a relationship and a conversation with him that leads to worship. Um, I won't share, well, yes, okay, very briefly. I had a sense of wonder when we were church planning years ago, and we were burnt out. Sometimes church planners can get burnt out. You, you know that, right? Because you're doing everything, like leading guitar with the accordion player and the bass player, because it was like kind of a Mexican church, so it was like mariachi worship. Boom, 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 boom. Well, <laughs> they know. They came here from South Dakota to help us start that church. Ask them about it. So Rosabel, Juan, all of the worship, all the worship guys. Anyway. Burned out after two and a half years, two years of doing this. 
And my father-in-law gets a bonus, and he takes the whole family to Disney World. And he has to stay on property at Disney World. We can just like, <gasps> come out of your like little chalet and be like, I'm going to grab the bus to Animal Kingdom today. You know, that kind of deal. And so we went to Animal Kingdom. And in the Animal Kingdom was the Tarzan show, which is no longer there. Big mistake. If you're listening, please bring it back. But anyway, Phil Collins music. Lion, lion-clad people on rollerblades doing flips. Of course, a Tarzan, like on a rope, you know, with Jane and the whole bit. And then, you know, you know, two worlds, one family, trust your heart. You know, let Jesus decide. So I'm going to see who knows. Okay. And I literally was like, honey, I am leaving the ministry and going to be a lead singer at the Tarzan show. I felt the wonder. I experienced it. Just, it's just... Disney will do that to you. I know you, baby. I know what you know. Disney will do that to you. It, watch out, because you'll experience wonder. Okay, God made us have a sense of wonder. Uh, here's the thing, guys. Unfortunately, we lost that, right? We lost that incredible, or, or, or it was damaged. Would you agree, I think, in a lot of our hearts, some part of that sense of wonder, that childlike faith and expectation, that, that, that just thinking, what? what's going to happen next? What? What? What cool, amazing thing. It's December. It's, it's close to Christmas. You know, I don't know. Is there an elf on the shelf? Is there a, you know, what's going to, is there an unexpected gift somewhere? I mean, children seem to have an easier time, but as we get older and sometimes I feel like we, we can all recognize in our hearts that a sense of wonder has been damaged or has been stolen or has been bruised. I think, uh, you know, Adam gambled with the devil and he lost. And he lost our sense of wonder. Um, maybe, I'm not going to ask you to share on this, but I think we've felt the ripple effects of that throughout history, right? And I don't know your story, but I'm willing to say there's probably a time you can think about right now when you literally lost a bit of your sense of wonder, when someone hurt you, when a friend betrayed you, when someone you felt the pang of rejection, when everything was going so great and then you got laid off at work right before holidays or at a time where you really needed the money or, you know, your kids didn't get accepted to, to college and, you know, just unexpected changes and just like, wow, just like a, a, a spear through the sense of wonder in our heart. I believe that God wants you to know that he sees you in that place. He understands what you're feeling. He knows there. And I think, uh, you know, a lot of times uh, I come from a Pentecostal background and um, the theology oftentimes in that particular background, and I love many things about Pentecost and all that, but, uh, but, but sometimes a part of the sliver that can sometimes come through is like Jesus came, saved your spirit, put your spirit, kind of make, gave life to your spirit, and then it's like good luck dealing with your soul and your body. Like, you know, make sure the spirit comes to establish the order of God and pound that soul into submission. Pound those feelings down to where you're just like, hallelujah, I'm blessed, highly favored in Jesus' name. Amen. How are you? And I don't, I don't believe that that's the gospel. I believe that God came to, yes, of course, give life to our spirit first and foremost, but, but that he also cares about our soul, about our feelings, um, about the brokenness, about the, the, the wounds, about the scars. And um, there is, uh, I'm not going to play it for you. There's a song, I'll just tell you about it. There's, a, there's, a, there's an album called Feelings by Chandler Moore. I believe he's associated with Maverick Worship. I have it queued up, but I'm not going to play it right now. Um, and in that song, he talks about God meeting him in, in the grieving. 
in the suffering, in the lonely place. And he says that when we're in that place and we've lost our sense of wonder, he doesn't say that part. But when we're in that place of grieving, he goes, Jesus doesn't hurry us. He doesn't kick us. He doesn't say, what's wrong with you? Come on, get, snap out of it. Get over it. What's wrong with you? Don't you believe what I've done for you? Don't, you? don't you read my Bible? He says he comes and sits with us and meets us in that place. And he goes on to say this. He says, I've learned something about Jesus in my feelings that I may not have learned in the spirit per se. I know that's radical. Think about that. I've learned something about Jesus in my feelings, in those places, that I may not have learned in my spirit, per se. There's things that we learn about the Jesus who cares for us, who loves us, who's a healer of broken hearts, that we don't learn on the mountaintop when everything's going great and we're declaring faith. Jesus wants to heal your broken heart. He wants to deal with you tenderly. He wants to restore your sense of wonder that the enemy has stolen. So if that's you this Christmas season and you're like, you know, because Christmas season can come along and we can feel more guilt-ridden than ever, right? We can feel like, I should be happy. I should be cheerful and jolly. I should be, you know what I'm saying? Like, like it's almost like, has anybody, like it exacerbates or it causes us to feel that much more like we're falling short because everybody, maybe there's somebody around us or on Instagram or the other tools from the devil that I also subscribe to, but anyway, where we see everybody else's life, right? You see them going and looking at Christmas lights. You see them singing carols. You see them, oh, look at how great their marriage is. Look at all their children, and they all love them, and look at all the garland, and look at all of the, you know, and, and it can cause us to feel even more acutely that pang. But Jesus wants to meet us there. He doesn't hurry us. He wants to sit with us in that pain. But I believe that though he's willing to sit with us and though he's patient and kind and, and lets us sit there, I think there's also good news in the Christmas story. And that is that Jesus did come to restore the sense of wonder to us. He bought it back. There's a book that I'm sure you've read as I have this week called Paradise Lost, Paradise Regained by John Milton. I'm just kidding. But maybe you've heard of it like in literature class. <laughs> in 10th grade or something. I don't know. But it's a classic. It was written like in 1600. But basically, Pastor Rob, you're going to like this. I didn't even realize this because I probably skimmed it and didn't really read it in high school like I was supposed to. Um, but it's the idea of Paradise Lost is the story of Adam. How he basically gambled away our sense of wonder and the things that God had for us. But then that same author went on to write a second book called Paradise Regained. And that's the story of the second Adam the one who came to our brokenness, said, I'm going in bed. I'm going to buy it back legally. I'm not going to break the rules that we've established. We gave authority to man and woman. They gave it to the enemy. I'm not just going to be like, oh, erase that. Let's just start over. God's not the God of like changing the rules. He's the God of playing by his own rules and winning in spite of it all. That's what Jesus did when he came born as a baby. He came to change everything and regain our sense of wonder. And here's the thing, you know, when we talk about wonder, you know, what is wonder? What is it? Well, in the Word of God, there's many different Greek and Hebrew words that talk about it. I just want to talk about two of them. And, uh, and, and these words are, are very closely related to each other. They're, I'm going to do my best shot here, thaumazo and thauma. Any Greek speakers in the house? Okay, I hope I didn't totally butcher that. But um, 
And uh, thelma is a noun, okay? It is a thing. And it says this, it is a wonder evoking emotional astonishment, evoking emotional astonishment, gaping at the marvel. It is something performed to powerfully strike the viewer personally, uniquely and individually. Does that sound like something that God has done to think about with you in mind so that you would be struck emotionally? at his incredible majesty and glory. What about this? It's not just a thing. It's not just a noun, but it's also a verb. It's also an action or a reaction, which looks like this. It is properly to wonder at, to be amazed, to marvel, to be astonished, out of one's senses, awestruck, wondering very greatly, to cause wonder, to regard with amazement and with a suggestion of beginning to speculate on the matter. It's something that makes you go, what, how did they do that? What in the world? What, what did we just experience? Right? Again, if you've been to Disney lately, all kinds of times you're like, man, alive, what in the world? We came out of Epcot. Sorry, I've got to tell you the story. I've got five minutes. I have no idea how I'm going to get through point three. But anyway, we went to Epcot with our friends. Leaving Epcot towards the parking lot, there's these three guys with garbage cans and drumsticks and they're putting on this show, like, and then, like, one of the guys would, like, bring his little garbage can to the front, and he was just like, it was amazing. I have video of it if you want to see it. And, like, it, and, and this is what's, like, there's not a stage, like, they're, like, in the ticket area, like, on your way to your car. Like, this is not even worthy of, like, a, you know, this is just, like, adding wonder upon wonder upon wonder. And you're just like, wow. You know, you just, you're like, those are the most talented, like, drum people I've seen, you know, and they're just like, oh, just a little bonus, like, a little extra pixie dust on your way out, you know. Think about it as you go in your car. God wants that same experience for us. And here's the thing. I wrote down this. For there to be a reaction of wonder... There must be something wonderful to wonder at. Would you agree? God doesn't look at you and say, well, how come you're not wondering more? There must be something wonderful to evoke a reaction, the verb, the action of wonder. Lucky for us, we serve an awesome God <laughs> who is pretty wonderful. <laughs> and so he is wanting to reveal himself in such a way that we behold his beauty. We behold his wonder. There was a, a movie about the life of Jesus when I was growing up, and it was translated into Spanish. And after Jesus rose from the dead, went up to the upper room, talked to the apostles, revealed himself to them, you know, Thomas, you know, put your hands in my you know, scars and all this kind of stuff. Then you see he pulls kind of his hoodie, you know, white, I don't know, robe, whatever they wore back in those days. But he kind of pulls it over his head, and he walks down the steps. And the Roman centurion that had been kind of tracking the steps of Jesus, trying to figure out what this Jesus thing was all about, rubs his, like, brushes him with his forearm on his way up to the upper room. And then he's like, you know, I've, I've been wanting to know this Jesus, you know, I've been just feeling like he is the Son of God or whatever. And the disciples like, you didn't you just see him on the way out? He literally just left when you were coming in. And in a very cheesy Latin American Spanish accent, he's like, Yo presencié su gloria. I beheld his glory. <laughs> and we all laughed as teenagers, you know what I'm saying? Because 
Other people are like giving their life to Jesus. Like, yes, I need a savior. Like, yo presencié su gloria. <laughs> Sorry. Spaniards are kind of snobs about like the way we speak Spanish. But the point being this, that God wants us to behold his glory. Right? What is John uh, 1 verse 14? In the message it says this, the word became flesh and blood and moved into the neighborhood. We saw the glory with our own eyes, the one-of-a-kind glory, like father, like son, generous inside and out, true from start to finish. That's the Jesus that we serve. We beheld his glory, the glory of the one and only. Good news for you. Jesus wants to show you this month something about his glory that you've never seen before. Jesus wants you to experience something that is wonderful about him that is going to evoke a reaction of wonder. And wonder can lead to worship, right? Matt Redman wrote a book years ago about worship being revelation and response. Two parts. God, you probably remember that, don't you guys? Revelation and response. God revealing something incredible about himself, and then we're like, wow, that's awesome. That's worship in a nutshell. We can't worship without seeing a revelation of who he is. That's what, that's what draws all that out. And here's the deal. What are the bride products of wonder, right? I think peace, when we have that sense of wonder, we feel safe. What about this? Maybe expectation. What's going to happen next? Been watching a documentary on Netflix about the Chicago Bulls. Maybe you've seen some of those episodes called The Last Dance. It's all about Michael Jordan years, Scottie Pippen. Tell you what, the city of Chicago was like on fire, electric in the mid to late 90s because there was something going on. And people would fill that stadium, that arena, and just be like, what is going to happen here tonight? I don't know, but something, (laughs) something cray-cray is going to happen. Anticipation, expectation, wonder, kind of bordering the impossible. What could happen? God wants to restore that to us. I want to ask you this, and this is an interactive question. How does wonder, well, a 629, okay, speeding up. Real quick, we're an interactive church, so I'm not going to skip this. Think about this. How does wonder change our hearts? What does it do to us when we begin to experience wonder and we begin to, to walk with a childlike faith and expectation and trust? What do you think? Rob's got the mic. Hope, it causes us to hope that, that, that good things can come our way. Amen to that. Somebody else. Gratitude, how so? Mm. Yes, yes, it makes us grateful for what we can see and smell and taste and hear. Yeah, so good. Somebody else, who else? Over here. I think it makes us always have a fresh approach to life because Mm. it doesn't make it, it makes it so we don't get bored of the little things. Mm. So good. Yes. Even in the little things, there can be wonder. So good. Yeah. It's like a chestnut roasted on like an open fire. It causes, causes us to fall in love with him again. Mm. So good. (laughs) <laughs> yes, Adam's got one over here. So good. Fall in love with him. 
I think it restores our innocence. Mm. Like, just like I, I thought of Elf, too. Like, world's greatest cup of coffee. Congratulations. <laughs> I almost showed that clip. <laughs> Congratulations. You did it. They're all like. <sighs> Humility. Mm. Like, it humbles you when you see his majesty being like, you've created everything. and You just feel so humble mm. in, in the sight of all that. Mm. So good. Yeah. Yeah, he's not trying to, like. God doesn't have to, you know, a lot of people have sort of gotten tattoos of he must increase, I must decrease. But I have, I think what might be a secret for you. You don't really have to decrease that much for God to like be incredibly, ridiculously more amazing. <laughs> like, I don't think it's like, well, God, I know that, you know, we're kind of neck and neck, but I'm going to take a step down so you can really shine. And I know that's not, I know that's not what John the Baptist meant. I know it's not what you, I mean, forgive me if that, but, but. God is like, hey, I want you to see my wonder. You will be blown away. You'll be like, oh. So, yes, somebody else. Sorry, is there somebody else? Oh, anybody? Yes, right up here, Priscilla. Oh, hold up. Hold that thought. Yep, yep. Go for it. <laughs> I just wanted everybody to hear what you had to say. <laughs> I just, um, I feel that I believe more. And I trust God when he gets us through this and he gives us that hope that things are going in his hands in his way. Wow. So good. That's so good. Yeah. You're living that. Amen. So good. You're seeing it in real life, real time. Yeah. Anybody else? One more? We good? You're going to yell. Yeah. Adrian, part two. Okay, I have a really short story. But a couple months ago or so, we helped this Afghan family with a resume. That was it. And it was my first interaction with them. And when I was sitting there, I just, I was sitting next to the guy as I was helping him. He had 10 kids who's my age. And in this two-bedroom apartment. And I felt this wonder, literally, but it was more this wonder because I felt God had so much love for them. Mm. And wow. I was getting to see that. And it was like, I just like felt, I didn't feel sad at all. I felt so happy. But I also felt like, wow, how can life be so simple that no matter where we are, we're all a part of this bigger picture. Mm. And God can speak to us in such different ways. And it was just like this beautiful little moment mm. that was so special. Anyways, I think wonder is part of seeing life through his eyes. Mm. <sighs> Woo, hello. Not a priest. Do you want to come up here? That was awesome. And guess what? As much as you felt the wonder of God's love for them, I guarantee you they experienced from the receiving end the wonder of somebody cares about us getting jobs. Somebody is willing to help us without being paid. So you, not only did you experience the wonder, but you caused that to roll over and cascade into somebody else experiencing the wonder of God's love and concern for them. Way to go. Well done. Was it, sorry, we, is there one more? No, Rob's got the mic. Okay, it's 634. I want to just give you, can I just give you some quick how to experience wonder this season? I promise I'm going to go really fast. Don't fall asleep. It's going to be super quick. I'm a Spaniard. I can kick it into high gear. Okay. The what. 
What, where can we find wonder? That's your job. That's your job to discover where God has hidden treasures of wonder for you in the next few weeks and days and months leading up to Christmas. It's your job. I can't even tell you that. But, right, possibly being loved, experiencing family, having a place to belong, laughter, hope, comfort, friendship, provision, when we're having a delicious meal, maybe freedom. The how, though, some quick tips on how can we be more poised and, and, and positioned to experience and, and see the wonder of God in the days ahead. I believe that we can start by saying, God, open my eyes to your wonder around me. Heal me from my wounds. Help me take down my walls. Lord, we just pray that in Jesus' name right now. God, help us open our eyes to the wonders that you've hidden all around us that you want us to see and be in awe and be able to just breathe in and like expectation that you do love us, that you are God, that you are on the throne as broken as the world might be. God, heal our wounds. God, help us to take down our walls one brick at a time. What about this? Psalm 4610. In the New American Standard, it says, Stop striving and know that I'm God. I will be exalted among the nations. I will be exalted on the earth. Donna brought this up into your favorite verse, didn't you? A couple weeks ago, he said, this is one of my favorite verses, Psalm 4610. Stop striving. What about the international standard version? Be in awe, wonder, and know that I am God. I will be exalted among the nations. I will be exalted throughout the earth. The DJV, you may not have heard this one, but it's going to be huge. It's public. It's <laughs> Slow down and pay attention. Stop striving, simplify, and experience the wonder of God. I will be glorified. I'm sure that, you know, I'll, I'll add it in a second. Stop striving, slow down, pay attention. I think, what about this? Be a bookkeeper for delight. Justin's wife, Lauren, we were at our house church together, and we were talking about gratitude in Thanksgiving and, and, and just noticing the little things. And she shared that God's been dealing with her about delight. So, you know, I think we all can kind of like, we all know and understand, like, specifically in November, but, you know, throughout the year, we need to be grateful, we need to be thankful, you know, for everything. It's un-American to not be. It's one of our national holidays. Um, but here's the thing. Aside from being grateful for freedom and for food and for family and for all the amazing things, which is incredible, I believe that there's another step that God wants to take that in your life, and that is what you specifically were created to delight in. There's things that, that you just, when you experience it, it just, something clicks inside of you. And you're just like, oh, I just feel alive. When Rob's sitting out by an oak tree, maybe a little fire crackling, I won't go into the full description. But he feels alive, I know that, he's my friend. You know, when I listen to Luciano Pavarotti singing Nessun Dorma, Nessun Dorma, you know, I just go nuts. It's just like, oh, I delight in that. You don't have to delight, that's okay. When you hear Rascal Flatts, that's okay, too. You know, Dan and Shay, I don't know. Whatever your thing is. My point is this. It's not just a one-size-fits-all. There is that. We all have common things to be thankful for and grateful for and experience wonder in. But I just believe God wants you to understand. There's, he knows how you're wired. He knows if you love Disney movies, if you love certain kinds of music, if you love certain kinds of food, if you love looking at the stars, if you love a beautiful sunset, if you love a conversation with a friend, if you love picking up the phone and talking to your child or your brother or sister, baking cookies for your coworkers, whatever is your thing that 
you experience delight. He's prepared those things in advance. They're hidden. Look for them. And when you find them, be a bookkeeper, right? Ascribe unto the Lord the glory to his name. Ascri- Maybe write it down or, I don't know, make a note of it in your phone or whatever. But, like, let's, let's take, let's pay attention. Even to the little things. We were talking to this guy called Steve, or listening to this guy, and he talks about managing anxiety, and he says he has a life-giving list of little 30-second things that bring him delight. For example, do you guys know the lint round chocolate balls that are, like, some are dark chocolate, which are okay, but then they have the milk chocolate. Oh, yeah. Those are 30 seconds of sheer delight. I encourage you, if you've never tried those, maybe that's your action point from this message. <laughs> Go buy them. They're, they're about a little bag kind of thing at, at all the grocery stores. Those, but those, I think those are on his list. Those are on my list, too. You know, being, having my dog, like, lick my face. You know, I love, you guys know, Lucy and Millie. I mean, seriously, it, like, just my heart's like, it just fills me with joy. God wants you to pay attention to the little, he has a list of like 157 things that whenever he's stressed, he looks at that list or even his wife when she wants to bless him or minister to him. And so this can work like with someone you love. You go to their list and you're like, you know what? You seem a little stressed. Here's a lint chocolate. Oh, that problem at church is not that bad. I'm sure that person will forgive me and love me after a while. It just, right? God knows how you're wired. You're uniquely fashioned by his hand. He wants you to share those little teeny secret delights with him this month and always. So as we close, one more thing about the Christmas story. Isaiah 6 verse 9, familiar verse that we, uh, we, we, we hear about a lot at Christmas season, if you can pull it up. It says, uh, the, uh, Isaiah 6 verse 9, it says, For to us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government will be on his shoulders. He will be called, What? Say, he will be called what? Mighty God, everlasting Father. Here's the interesting thing. When you look up that verse in the Hebrew, would you believe that when it says he will be called Wonderful Counselor, wonderful is not an adjective. It's actually a noun. He will be called wonder. He will be called, it's, it's a thing. It's not describing counselor. It's actually, he will be called a thing of wonder. He will be called something shocking and surprising. Something that stops us in our tracks and makes us go, oh, didn't see that coming. Jesus, the baby who was born, is truly the wonder of Christmas. And he wants us to know that. He's also, of course, an incredible counselor, a mighty God, everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. So as we close this service, I just want you to take a few minutes and um, I'm gonna pray. And then if you need to go, you can go because I know it's late. If you want to sit around and reflect for a bit, my thought was maybe some of us would want to just before we go and grab our kids and get in the car and head on and do the next thing, just to reflect on, hey, what is one thing I can do to slow down a little bit? What's one thing I can do to simplify? What's one thing I can do to maybe even saying no to something, a pressure that I've put on myself that's keeping me from having margin to see the little wonders that God has put all around me and to worship him and to enjoy those things this Christmas season. So that's an option for you. If you feel like God is, there's something that this has stirred in your heart of an experience that is so painful that you're having a hard time getting past it and experiencing childlike wonder. Once again, you want us to pray with you. We pastors will be available here for a few minutes after 
to close. We would love to pray with you and just minister to you and just agree with you to see God come and heal that area of your heart because God absolutely wants that for you. God came to win that back, to buy that back, and to set us free. So Father, we thank you, Lord, for your word. God, we thank you that you, Jesus, are the wonder of Christmas. Lord, we just choose to position our hearts this Christmas season in a place that you can show us things about yourself that will literally (laughs) cause us to marvel at the beauty, at the wonder that you are. Lord, I pray that you would heal broken hearts. Lord, I pray that you would mend our, our wounds where that wonder was taken from us, perhaps by somebody else, perhaps by life, perhaps by a a terrible experience. Lord, you know that. You see that. You understand. You don't judge, but you're a loving, tender friend and healer. God, minister to us. And Lord, ultimately, open our eyes and let us just, let this be the beginning. Let this Christmas season, 2021, be the beginning of a breakthrough in our lives to see your wonders and to worship you with every fiber of our beings. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen.